Hello, and welcome to the Fire Up Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Trapin. As an empowerment consultant, author, and international speaker, it is my heart's desire to help you define and refine your best self. Ditch the senseless hustle you deal with, find your focus, and ultimately build a life you are fired up to live out loud on purpose and on your own terms. Lioness, put your seatbelt on if you dare. Get ready to fill your soul tank with weekly affirmations, take your life to 11 with each thought-provoking moment, and spark that beautiful flame of inspiration by listening to the Moxie Chats with magnificent women sharing their signature sass, Moxie, and fire. Are you ready to open, ignite, and nurture your mind, heart, and soul? Grab your favorite beverage and let's do this. Today's Moxie Chat guest is Tammy Bennell. She is one of my all-time favorite, fierce, fascinating, fiery redheads. We've gotten to know each other over the last few years, and I'm so fired up for you all to meet her. Tammy is the CEO of Exit Realty. She's an internationally renowned leader in the real estate space. Tammy has been a featured speaker at the National Association of Realtors Convention, the National Women's Council of Realtors events, Inman Connect conferences, and Risk Media's Leadership Conference, to name a handful. And she shared her vision at Woman Up events online and in person over the years. Tammy truly creates ripples of change with each keynote talk. She is a wife mother of three, and grandmother of three. In her spare time, she's a martial artist. Yep, you heard that right. Coach and referee. During our chat, Tammy and I talk about uncovering your true north, how focusing on the feelings you want is so important, and how taking 120 seconds to do this every morning will change your life. Without further ado, here's Tammy. Welcome to the show, Tammy. I am so thrilled to have you here. Oh my goodness. It's best day ever. <laughs> I'm thrilled too. It's so nice to see you and it's so nice to hear your voice and uh, you always make me want to be better. Oh, you know, one of the things that I, I love about us, Tammy, is that for so many years, people have been saying, you two need to meet. You two need to meet. And we were like ships passing in the night and then boom, we met and it seems like we have seen more of each other throughout the last couple of years than we ever had in the, you know, near two decades before this. And so it was perfectly timed our meeting and here we are having a chat about being bold, badass women in business <laughs> in an industry that we love that is changing. Absolutely. Is Absolutely. And oh, I'm so excited about that. Well, as you know, as you've heard in past podcasts, we love to get to know the divine lionesses that are leading the, leading the way in this industry. And you are certainly one of those women. And you are, you are one of the leaders in this industry who happens to be female, but who is consistently called out for being connected and being a visionary and truly caring about this industry in a way that we don't always get a chance to see 
in our, in our executive leadership. So we are going to dig into a lot of that today during our chat. But to kick us off, you know, this community loves to talk about the different ways people define success. So let's start there. How does Tammy define success? I actually define success by impacting people in a positive way. So um, if you can change the trajectory of anyone's life by just pointing them in the right direction, letting them see something in themselves that they didn't know they had or that they didn't see. And I'm fortunate enough in my job, first of all, our company was built on human potential, um, but I'm fortunate enough in my job that I get to do that every day. And it is so terrific. And it, you know, you know, Deborah, it doesn't matter whether it's somebody that got their first listing or had the courage to make a phone call or they made a profit for the first time or they really just rocketed off to the most unbelievable success you could possibly imagine. It's that they saw something in themselves they didn't see. So I don't do their job or anything for them. You're just pointing them in the right direction and letting them see a picture of themselves they couldn't see. And I think so much of that is exposure, right? People need to have the exposure of someone that's doing it, they need to have the exposure of where the possibilities are and they need to be able to see themselves in another person in order to believe that that's something that's doable for me. I love that. And in my mind, as you were saying this, I'm imagining all of the ways that you, as you're driving home, as you're on a flight, that you can directly connect what you've done that day to this beautiful definition of success, which is something that I think a lot of people don't have yet. They haven't defined their success statement in a way that allows them to truly see how successful each day is. Well, and I think that it's even reframing the framework of your day. A couple of the things that I do every day, I take 120 seconds before I start my day of leaving to go to work, whether that's out of a hotel room or my own bedroom. And um, I visualize how I want the day to go and how I want people to feel is the very first picture. And then at the end of the day, I take 120 seconds and I ask myself what worked today. And it's not that I don't try and fix mistakes or have to handle conflict resolution or any of those kind of things. In fact, sometimes those are some of the things that worked, right? Right. <laughs> but it puts you in the right frame of mind of, okay, then I'm gonna do more of that tomorrow. And so often it comes out according to plan. And I think sometimes people get so overwhelmed and it just seems like such a big picture. But if you can take those small little bites, that makes a huge difference in how their day ends up going because they pictured it in advance. So then they remind themselves, so I'm going to make sure that I say something to this person. I'm going to make sure that I introduce myself. And if they're nervous or um, intimidated or inhibited in any way, shape or form, a lot of times it actually gives them the comfort. They almost feel like they already did it. So yeah. um, it makes them more comfortable to go do it again. And for me, um, it makes me not forget my intent because it, I really do think that uh, it's living with deliberate intent, right? That makes all the difference. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I love the 120 seconds in the morning, 120 seconds in the evening. Uh, and I love how you focus on the feeling, right? I think too many people focus on the tactical things that they need to get done that day, as opposed to kind of imagining and, and letting the feeling that they want, the, feeling the feeling that they want to feel, right? That's all part <laughs> of that great manifestation that we, we're all seeking, right? We all seek to make uh, an impact 
on our world when we go out there, you know, and most of us seek to make a positive impact. And, sure. <laughs> and that it, it's, some of us don't, and you know what, it just makes those of us who want to <laughs> have, have more to do every day. <laughs> uh, but, it, but the reality is, is that if you, t- it's, it doesn't take hours, you know, you don't have to meditate for three hours in the morning and three hours in the evening to, to get the benefit of focused intention on your day. And that's well, and, and I think people have to start somewhere, and so they can be really overwhelmed by it taking too much time. But just start with start. There's yeah. a great book, The Kaizen Way, um, and it's yes. making small changes to have really big impacts. And I think that that's really the thing that started with the hundred. And I have a lot of habits, but that that to me is the easiest one for most people to be able to start and continue with. We can find two minutes. All of us can find two minutes. Yes. Amen to that. Amen. Well, and, and one of the things that you mentioned about getting people exposed to success stories, getting people exposed to multiple people, to all different types of humans walking this planet. Right. <laughs> you've, you've actually <laughs> created an opportunity with that in About Your True North, the, the podcast that you have. Absolutely. And so for those of you who are listening who haven't listened to Tammy's podcast, you absolutely must. We'll be sure to drop a link in the, in the show notes. The power of stories, the power of you being here, the power of me being on your podcast and us sharing who we are and what we've experienced with each other is it allows those moments, those aha moments, those moments of kindredness, right? And right. we experience that a lot at the Woman Up Conference this year that people were listening to these stories that were maybe five, 10 minutes long, right? 10 minutes of exposure to someone, but they felt a connection. It resonated. It resonated. And that's what allows us, at least those, those who are ready to take the next step to reach out to those people. And, and that's, I think the part where, where we can take it to the next level in the roaring twenties ahead of us is to not let that inspiration when we're listening to a conversation like this or on about your true North to, to actually reach out to those guests who do resonate with us to, to send an email, to send a direct message on Facebook, to, to do the work to actually get better connected with those people because as, as technology kind of permeates so much of our lives, it is up to us to make those connections with those people when we hear that, when we hear that spark that feels like, I want to know her more. I want to know more about her. I think that's awesome. Well, and the more you surround yourself with successful people, the more successful you're going to become. It's an automatic, right? Yeah. And people that just fill your soul, <laughs> that you just, that make you want to be better, right? right? I think we all want to surround ourselves with people that want to be better. That can be anyone from any environment, but there are people, certain people that will really resonate with you that you really want to reach out to. And um, I find that most people are very willing to have a conversation. They're very willing. And it's always, you always gain something back, right? There's always a win on it. And there's something I, I pay attention to heart math. And so you have a brain inside your heart as well as you do in your head. And you automatically feel when those hearts are connected, that there's some sort of a connection and you should take it further. So um, the key is take it further. (laughs) Yes. Just just leap out, even if it's just a conversation for now. Maybe you're not ready to go any further than that, but maybe it's just a conversation for now, but Mm -hmm. it's going to bubble up and make you want to do something more. Yeah. Well, and that's, that is truly how we turn the, the digital into the truly connected, right? And we need to take 
to control of that. So I think that's so beautiful. And I love how you've, you've really made steps in what you do in, in your very um, compact amount of time. I mean, you lead a very large organization. You, you are on the road a lot <laughs> and you are very family centered. And so all of those things mean you are intentional with your time. And that amongst all of those different hats that you wear, you've created a space to uh, really help you feel the success, not only for yourself, but for others. And so thank you for doing that. That's beautiful. You're welcome. All right. Let's get into the three words that describe you best and why you chose them. So I'm going to read the three and then we're going to go through and we're going to explain to the amazing people who are listening why you chose these words. So Tam's three words are disciplined, compassionate, and authentic. And these three words really, truly describe you. So <laughs> let's, let's start with disciplined. Why did that word come first? Well, I'm a daughter of Irish immigrants, and I think that we learned self-discipline from a very young age. There's no doubt about it. A work ethic, a good work ethic was part of the picture. Um, but then as a family, my family, had, my whole entire family got involved in martial arts. And um, everyone, when they think of martial arts, uh, most people, when they think of martial arts, they think of fighting and, you know, or they think of some, somebody being a ninja or a samurai <laughs> kind of uh, picture. But the, the truth is that it is much more about the mind-body connection. Um, and getting into steady, consistent habits. And when you get into those steady, consistent habits and you're in control of your mind and your body and your heart, that everything is connected, um, you can stay disciplined. And once you kind of prove it to yourself over time, so starting in martial arts, you work your way up and roughly one in a thousand people become a black belt that start martial arts, Mm. right? That they get to a bodan, so they're a black belt in training. Kind of like when people quit high school those last six months because they procrastinated and so they feel overwhelmed. And a lot of people do that that, towards the end of college as well. Um, But once you pass a certain point and once you get to a certain level and you reach it and you realize that you, uh, it took all that self-discipline to accomplish it, but how you feel when you get to the other side and then obviously doing the same thing in business, it makes it very easy for you to stay in habits because you already know what the results are going to be if you do it, right? Yeah. You have to tr- do it the first time. A lot of people give up um, you know, three feet before gold. They give up six months before they have that opportunity to really feel what it feels like to push it all the way through. So I find that if you can get people instilled in it as quick as you can get them instilled in it so that they can see if I just stick with it, if I just hang in there, uh, you know how many people quit before they can possibly make it there. You know how hard it was for you to break into doing what you're doing. And then when you finally do it and you finally make it, you realize that it was all worthwhile. But sometimes if you saw the whole mountain up front, it looks too big. But the more you do it, uh, the I already know now what it takes to get there, right? Um, And then when you go to your second degree, it's literally one in 10,000 that go from first degree to second degree because it's too hard, right? Mm -hmm. And it takes too much work. And uh, I think that happens to a lot of people. But once you actually feel the feeling of knowing that you are limitless, that you can really accomplish whatever you choose to do, the key is to make sure that it's the right choices, right? Yeah. 
But um, so true. when you can have that self-discipline and you can stick with it, look at the self-discipline it took to put women up on. But now look at the results and the amount, the, the, the ripple effect. I mean, I just can't even imagine with the stones thrown into the water of that, that ripple effect of just look at this a decade from now of how many women are going to own businesses and how many people are going to say, I had a moment and I was sitting right there, but there's only so many people that are going to be willing to put that together. But I can't emphasize enough. If you do, it's worth it. It yeah. is so worth it. You get passionate enough about it. Reach out to those people that you were impressed with and have them help you stick with it until you get to the other side. That's so beautiful. And you know, the interesting thing is that it's proven time and time again in so many, so many surveys and so much research that what you're saying is absolutely true. That's why it's so important, even as uh, parents of young children, to help our kids understand when they've had a success and to celebrate the success and to not let it fly by and just move on to the next thing. Because the, the, the statistics out there, once you have tasted success, you can replicate it. But until right. you actually feel like I was successful, it's really difficult, especially the older we get, to actually achieve that, to, to right. see it. And we might be successful, but we just don't see that. I, I know when I was doing recruiting in real estate, that was the one of the top questions I would ask everyone getting into real estate. Tell me about a time where you were successful. And if they couldn't answer it, we didn't move on. Because right. they, it, it's, that's something that you have to experience for yourself. No one can do it for you, right? And right. I think it's, it's such an important aspect of being an evolved human, right? Being part of this next generation of divine leadership that's really going to help people achieve those things is actually having done it yourself. And, and that's why when you put discipline down, I was like, oh yeah, that's totally damn. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay. Compassionate. Tell us about compassionate. Why'd that sing to you? Well, I'm a huge fan of the Dalai Lama. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the more times that you're exposed to someone uh, that you have compassion for and you realize that not everybody's had the same life that you've had, not everybody's been down the same uh, path, and a lot of people's journeys are a lot tougher. Mm -hmm. And once you realize that and you can have empathy for another human being, and I was you know, looking, to, trying to decide between compassionate and empathetic, honestly, you have to really genuinely care about everyone. Yeah. You know, you could, when you're younger, you don't understand that they may not have had the same life as you, but that doesn't mean that there isn't hope for them to grow right. into something amazing. Yeah. They just need the right exposure. They just need the right experience. That being said, though, don't be dumb enough to, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt, first time you're a victim, second time you're a volunteer, right? Yeah. So um, <laughs> you have to really determine if that, if the, if their behavior doesn't change and you're being really compassionate in order to help someone and, and, my favorite part of being compassionate is that I'm going to help someone help themselves. I'm yeah. not going to do it for them. Right. I'm going to give them a leg up because right. um, if you do it for them, they're going to want you to do it for them forever. And no one is going to have grown from the experience. And, but when you can really be compassionate and hear their story and, and find something really good in them that they can start building from there, it just makes all the difference in the world. It's so true. Well, and you know, I've heard you share the story about when you've had to let people go in the past, right? And, and I think that it's, I love that story. And I'll, I'll ask you to share it in a second. Um, I think that we 
so often get confused with really just letting people be themselves and kind of run rogue and wild and, and like somehow that's supporting them. And <laughs> it really, it, it isn't always that way. I mean, we want people to be authentically who they are. However, right. when you know how to be successful, when you've walked that path, when you've seen, when you've, when you've been um, in a role like you are, you know the steps right? And you're, you're giving somebody the, the path in front of them. And sometimes people made the wrong choice. You thought they made the right choice. They thought they chose the right career. Sometimes the compassion comes in letting someone go. Right. I <laughs> and agree and that is, that's a very powerful and it's a mindset shift for so many, right? They think that compassion is letting someone stay, right. letting, you know, letting them continue down a path that you know is not going to be successful for them, right. but that's somehow compassionate. So share the story of when you were um, letting that, the lady go. Okay. Well, first I have a belief system and my belief system is I won't fire anybody unless I fire them in person. I don't care if I have to fly across the country. I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to send an email or a text. I believe they deserve that respect. And I believe every human being deserves that respect. I also believe that they deserve a chance. So um, whether it's 90 days to greatness or whatever it is that you determine we're going to do these steps and take things forward. I had a, a time in my life and I was actually in my 20s and that's when I learned it and I've been doing it ever since. And I was in my late 20s and I had to let 65 people go right before Christmas. And we had 465 people. And actually my husband, thankfully, as compassionate as he is, um, I was really struggling. And he said, um, would you have to let them go? What happens to the other 400 people if you let these 65 people stay? Yes. And I said, we won't make it. And he said, so is it fair to those 400? And that really struck a nerve with me. And then I just asked myself, how would I want to be let go? And really, it's that honesty. And I remember sitting in front of this woman, and her name is Robin. And I said, um, what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? And she said, I know I'd be a critical care nurse and I would take care of sick babies and I would be so good at it. And I said, today's your lucky day. <laughs> and um, I meant it. She actually became a critical care nurse and she's been um, employee of the year. For, she was employee of the year for Cape Cod Hospital for like 10 years in a row. And so it put, I get thank you notes from her on Thanksgiving. Thank you. My whole life has changed because of that opportunity. But yeah. Um, when you can really put yourself in their shoes and understand and also get them to understand if they didn't do their job, right? Yeah. Because the, it's, a, it's a learning lesson too, but you have to do it with your whole heart. And I think that you have to do it from a position of love, even if they're not doing the right thing, because you want them to be able to learn from it. You know, I joke around that I get thank you notes from people I fired, never that same day. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but I think that when you can really do that from a position of, you know, finding out what's really important to them and finding out what their dreams are. And I've had people ask for another chance, but it really is, it's out of courtesy and respect. And so even at the end of the day, some of the people that are unhappy, they can't, they can't walk away saying that they don't respect your decision. Right. Well, and there's, there's so much goodness inside that philosophy, right? you're making the right decision, not only for your organization and everyone else, but you are also helping, you're giving them permission to make a change that they knew they needed to make anyways. Right. Psst. Hey, it's me. Well, you are listening to the Fire Up podcast, but we'll be right back to the show after this break. 
Have you heard I'm working on an exciting new collaboration with Molly McKinley of Intentionalities? We're putting together a moxilicious bundle with my new book, a journal, affirmation cards, a candle, matches to light your soul tank on fire, and a special empowerment blend tea to sip on while you enjoy the process. Head on over to moxieonfire.com, add your name to the list for updates, and reserve a bundle or two today as you wish. Again, that's moxieonfire.com. All right, back to the show. In real estate especially, right? There are so many people that don't produce that are in real estate, and uh, there's a lot of brokers that are afraid to let them go. But are you really helping somebody if they're sitting in the office playing solitaire, they're afraid to pick up the phone, Uh, They probably aren't having comfortable conversations when they get back home. Is that really helping them and their family when you can sit down? And so uh, for me, the best words, I care enough about you to have this conversation. And when you can say it from that standpoint, I'm not, this isn't confrontation in any way, shape or form. I care enough about you to have this conversation, but it's kind of like saying, I see better in you. I know that you have potential somewhere and and maybe it's not here. And, um, it is a good thing to let them go, not only to raise the bar in this industry, but to really um, raise them up so that they really think. They have to take a cold, hard look at themselves. Right. Most of the time when people ask for advice, they actually already know the answer, right? They just yeah. want somebody to validate. <laughs> right. right. So it, Completely. And I think that, you know, that's, I, I really feel like there's a shift in the, the real estate industry and, and, and on the planet in general towards this, because this is a, this is a real feminine way to look at leadership. It's not, women aren't the only ones who have feminine energy, but I feel like the shift on this planet is more towards let's, let's have uh, nurturing conversations that are business related and you can do both you absolutely can care enough about someone to fire them. Right. (laughs) Like that is possible, you know, which also leads to a really uh, fun conversation we were having in the green room earlier, which is powerful women working well together and how for so long, I mean, for so long, women have really been painted as like we need to, we're pitted against each other, right? Like we're somehow, we're competitive and we're catty and, and, oh, um, I don't, I can't tell you how many times I've heard women say, well, I don't work well with other women. It's like, what do you mean? That's, that's such a big, big generalization. What does that mean? You don't work well with other women. Uh, I love seeing and seeing this shift in, you know, women truly collaborating and woman up is one of, of those places where that's happening. You know, women's council, it's been happening for decades. I, I even feel the shift inside that organization. I even feel a shift in, in the leadership and the conversations that they're having. Uh, and I know you're really passionate about that group too. What are you seeing? Well, I am seeing the same thing. And I think that, you know, people keep saying the year of the woman, but I think it's more like the decade of the woman. Uh, We have enough studies now from everywhere from Harvard on down of showing that the more diverse a leadership group is, the better that leadership group is going to be. Women in leadership actually help make more profitable companies. So that's a no brainer. Uh, But women collaborate together really well. I do believe when there weren't as many women in leadership, and I think that's a fear factor, there's one of women being afraid to jump in, right? And to raise their hand that they want to go further. But there's also um, almost being afraid that there's not enough room for everybody that, you know, I'm going to have to push somebody else out of their way. And yet, 
strong women that have already accomplished something. Strong women love strong women and want to see strong women succeed. And it, it doesn't matter what brand they're with or anything else. It's like, go. Yes. And it's a, it's a really great environment to be around. And, you know, I think there should be a healthy mix everywhere, but it should be equal and fair. And it's so off balance. But we're now seeing so many people be really proactive in that direction. And they're really seeing the results from it, right? And they're seeing yeah. that it's so important to have that uh, balance so that there are a lot of women that are in leadership too. And empathy is a big part of it. Humans want to matter. People want to matter when they're at work and um, they want to be part of something. And, and that key two words is part of. And so I really think we're starting to shine lots of light on it from all different angles, from uh, studies that are being done, from universities and hospitals doing the studies and understanding your brain and how it works. And, and a lot of us that are saying, you know what, this isn't okay. It isn't okay to have an industry where more than 65% of the people in it are female to have such a small percentage of females at the top. That's not yeah. okay. Yeah. And we want to really see a reflection of ourselves. And um, I love the fact that for women especially, and I'm not being sexist in any way, shape, or form, I've just experienced it a tremendous amount of times, they bring people with them, yeah. right? They raise other people up with them. They take, yeah. a, take a bunch of other people up the, up the rungs of the ladder with them. You know, yeah. let me show you this. Let me share with you this so that you can get to that next level too. That's so true. And I, you know, we do see it over and over again. And I think that one of the things that we're able to do as, as women who have achieved a certain level of success in, in our own lanes, that we have the ability to highlight women on stages, to bring women on our podcasts, to highlight their stories in videos and blog posts and, and introduce them along the way to others. That, that is a very, that's a very powerful tool that we all have that costs us nothing. And it changes the whole picture in that reflection of networking and handing your business card over to want to do more to, I really believe that you two will, enjoy each other, that you'll bring the best out in each other. It's a totally different dynamic, right? Yes. Well, and, and as, as we've talked about in person, as I've had conversations with other guests on the show, this, this concept of the experience economy or the, the experience being front and center with, with the choices we make that we, um, you know, I was sharing with you earlier as, as we're putting together this collaboration, Molly McKinley and I for the Moxie on Fire launch in Q1 that we're looking at the experience and we want there to be an experience when somebody opens this box and sees a book and the journal and, and these, these items that, uh, you know, I was sharing with you, I'd rather sell 150 like that than 150,000 that were just kind of thrown on someone's doorstep. I think that that is something that we can all lean into, right? That we can say, I do want to provide an experience. I want people to feel good, whether it's in the moment um, when you're telling them something good or in the moment where you're being compassionate by firing them and they don't realize that it was good until a year later, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> when they're getting the award at their, <laughs> in their new career, um, that, that we're okay with the delayed recognition of that compassionate moment. Even maybe not even be connected to uh, knowing the outcome. Uh, knowing right. the result of the seed we've planted and the experience that we've created. And I, I love seeing that shift in, uh, on this planet and really, truly in the industry. Let's talk about a couple of other fun things. Although we could talk for hours and hours and hours, we do have 
to stop it sometime. <laughs> so one of my fave questions, of course, to ask is, what does moxie mean to you? <laughs> and so I believe that moxie means having courage to be your authentic self. Yes. Having that courage to be your authentic self so that you don't have any fear in having to be an also ran, having to be just like everybody else, having to wear a three-piece suit because everyone else wore one. Um, But really and truly having the courage to be your authentic self, to jump out as the best version of yourself you can be. Oh, that's so good. And and of course, authentic was your third word. Which we didn't even talk about because, you know, we're here, here we're, we're, we're all over the map. But that, but that makes total sense, right? You know who you are. Right. Well, you mm-hmm. have courage when you know who you are because you're really passionate about it, right? And um, I think that when we really know what our lane, what our why, what the biggest points are that we really want to achieve on this planet, um, we can jump into it full force. And that's, moxie is that, right? You've got yeah. moxie and you've got courage and you're ready to be jump right out there. But if you're not in your right lane, if you're not comfortable in your own skin, if you haven't had it, and that's why I love both what you and I get to do because we, sometimes we get to find that magic in somebody that turns into their lane, right? Yeah. Help them to point them in that direction. And it's just an amazing feeling. But um, you know when you have it, yeah. right? You yeah. know when you have it. You know when you found it. You can feel it. You're in the zone. You, you can totally feel it. Yeah, it flows. Yeah. I think and, and being in the flow doesn't mean things are always easy. For me, it means that it's easier to work through the hard moments. Right. Right. It's I like, agree. I know where I'm going. and I can stick with it yes and I can stick with it I think it's a gift that we have the ability to give ourselves if we slow down and we we do define and refine that best version of who we are uh, that allows us to step into creating a life and a business and all of these things that that we're proud to live out loud and on purpose and and on our own terms, right? That, right. that authentic piece right. that I don't have to look like everyone else. I don't have to talk like everyone else. You do you, I'll do me. Right. <laughs> and we're going to shine an even brighter light because those who were meant to serve will finally be able to find us. <laughs> I totally agree. And finally. it's just when you, when you really do find that, find that lane and find that zone, I actually have a tattoo on my back from the last samurai and it says, be true to yourself and you'll be able to lead others. Because I believe in that strongly, that um, when you're trying to be someone you're not, you're not going to be able to lead anybody. We're all good at only a few things. We're not yeah. good at everything, and we shouldn't be. Yeah. We should allow somebody else to do that. And so I think it's a real struggle for a lot of women. They feel like they need to have their hand in every pie. And um, In order to be worthy. That's right. right. Exactly. To be worthy of whatever it is, the praise, right. the recognition, <laughs> the money, whatever. Um, yeah. Amen to that. All right. Let's do a little bit of rapid fire before okay. we close up with your final words of wisdom. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. What is on your nightstand? A lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of books. I love it. A tremendous amount of books. A tremendous amount of books. A candle because I always like to have uh, some sort of atmosphere surrounded probably a pair of readers because you need to have glasses uh, that are around, but, um, and a journal. Awesome. Awesome. Now where exactly does the, uh, the bat signal sit? Does that sit on a dresser somewhere? Yes, because then I have to get up to shut it off. <laughs> For those of you who haven't heard this story, she doesn't use her phone. She doesn't have her phone on her nightstand. Did you hear that? She doesn't have her phone on her nightstand. It's she doesn't not in my use bedroom. it 
uh, yes. not in my bedroom. I think this is it's the best advice. Uh, but her her alarm clock does show a bat signal on this. I mean, seriously, that's just so amazing. Well, it it, it actually starts rising from the floor and goes all the way up to the top, so that it goes to the ceiling, and then <laughs> it's time to go save Gotham. <laughs> I love it. Okay, uh, your favorite podcast to listen to right now. Um, I am listening to Mark Metry. Mark Metry. Okay. Mark Metry. He's very young and he was a very shy young man that um, was completely insecure and really, really struggled with anxiety and all sorts of things. And he's grown into this unbelievable human being in his early twenties. And he interviews a tremendous amount of people from uh, yoga, uh, people that uh, do all sorts of spiritual practices, Reiki, et cetera, people that have written books. And um, all of it is about human potential. Yeah. So this is the um, human 2.0, humans 2.0. Yes. Is that the name of it? Okay. Yep. All right. Yes. I, I've, I've heard of that one. I've not listened to it yet. So awesome. I'll, I'll we'll make sure to add that. Uh, do you have a pet? I actually, we had two dogs and um, unfortunately we recently lost them so that we're going to, we're going to get two more dogs next year probably because it's too hard to, uh, you know, you get to separate some time in between. So we've had Yorkies and Silkies. Um, My daughter has a a dog and my granddaughter has some frogs and she collects every kind of animal known to man. She wants to save them all. I love Uh, it. So I love, I absolutely love animals. Do you have animals? I do. I have two dogs. Yeah. Frogs and everything. Yes. (laughs) If I could, I'd have a farm with a donkey and a cow and I'd have, I'd have them all. Lots of chickens. Um, (laughs) Yes. I I love animals too. So on on the other side of pet, um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Entitlement. Oh, good one. Biggest pet peeve, entitlement. That's a good one. Uh, nickname your parents used to call you? <laughs> Squirt. Squirt. I love it. I was very, very tiny until I got to high school. So actually in ninth grade, I was small enough to fit inside my locker. Oh, and, my um, word. I was really, really tiny. So yeah. Tinkerbell and Squirt were my nicknames. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Um, and what would your superpower be if you could have one? Oh. I always thought it would be like some sort of a magical Wonder Woman kind of superpower, but really I absolutely, and I've been um, doing the Miracle Morning for the last 30 days, kind of re-engaging and uh, focusing on that. And I absolutely believe that the best superpower I could have is to listen more and listen better. Ooh, beautiful. Love that. Who would play you in the movie of your life? (laughs) Wow. I don't know who would play me. Um, in my secret mind, I would love for it to be someone like Anne Margaret, right? That you'd have that fantasy in your yes. mind, be like that. But there probably, you go. But it would probably be closer to Pippi Longstocking. So if <laughs> maybe Pippi as a child and Anne Margaret as a grown woman, I love it. Those are two great, great answers. Uh, last but not least, if you weren't in the real estate industry, what would you be doing? Philanthropy, pure oh, philanthropy. I could Absolutely. see that. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for being here. If you had. 10 seconds to speak into everyone who's listening here. What would those words be? I think the most important thing for you to do is to um, take those 120 seconds at the beginning of every day, because if you take those 120 seconds and visualize how you want your day to go and how you want people to feel every day, you'll progressively get better and you will see a huge trajectory in your life. Yes. I love it. (laughs) That was awesome. And that is a wrap.
Thank you for joining me today for a divine dose of truth wrapped in grace with sides of sass, moxie, and fire. Want more information on what we talked about today? You'll find the show notes and links over on my website, debratraven.com. Search the podcast title and voila! If you enjoyed the show today, please hit subscribe, click those stars to rate me, and leave a review. Oh, and don't keep the show a secret. Pretty please, share it with your friends too, okay? Lioness, I am praying you enjoy living your best life out loud, on purpose, and on your own terms. As always, keep your eyes open for moments you can engage, elevate, and empower your world.